Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Welcome back. I'm Barb, and I'm joined by Leah, Bonnie, and Katie talking about our one cool working woman. Bonnie already told us about the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire, uh, and Katie just talked to us about Judith Love Cohen, an aerospace engineer. Before we dive back in, I want to get to know something random about our gal pals. I want to know, kind of dovetailing on what Katie said, if you can see it, you can be it. Did you have, in your career, a female mentor, or were you a mentor to a female kind of in your industry? Dun, dun, dun. I know my first boss at the concession stand, I did not like her. Um, she was very mean and very, like, she wanted to have underlings and stuff like that, so I didn't quite vibe. But later on in my film career, this was at the video store, Suncoast Video, because <laughs> I'm just moving from basically, you know, movie theater to rental video store, to sell through video store, to making my own movies. This is the way that I did it. Um, uh, uh, Kathy was my boss. And Kathy had the most amazing background that I had like ever heard of a boss. So she was a Wiccan. She had an albino snake. And she was friends with the lady who wrote Interview with a Vampire, whose name just escaped me. Uh, Anne Rice? Anne Rice. Yeah. Yeah. So, because Anne Rice, they both were in, uh, they were both at Berkeley at the same time. Mm -hmm. So she had delicious tales about (laughs) Anne Rice. And especially about, like, the erotica that Anne Rice wrote to, like, pay the bills and stuff like that. I've read that. Oh, my gosh. Just throwing it out there. I mean, I've just read Anne Rice, and that's already. Yes. It's spicy, right? (laughs) Exactly. So, like, Kathy was my boss at the video store, and she would teach me, you know, how to deal with customers and then also how to do the paperwork. And she was prepping me for to be a store manager of the video store. But honestly, we would close the store, and it would be an hour after closing, and we're just talking about whatever. Like, she gave me life advice. She taught me tarot. That's why she's, like, on my mind. So she taught me tarot. She taught me so many amazing things about being... Uh, a woman in sales and being in retail, but also just being a well-rounded person. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that quirkiness and that tell me stories about you is what I've like kept, kept with me um, in any job that I had where I really wanted awesome. to know people's stories yeah. and be that kind of a mentor. Like, Hey, this job sucks. And we all know it sucks at times. Every job sucks at times, but let me get to know about you. Let me hear what stories and adventures and stuff like that, that we can, you know, actually have like a cool place to be. Very so, cool. Very yeah. cool. That's me. Da, 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 da. I'm looking at Bonnie. Uh, <laughs> I He's avoiding eye contact yeah. with me right now. So yes. uh, <laughs> I like everywhere I've worked has been very, um, female populated. Yeah. Um, you're also kind of like a moth to a flame to that too like that's the kind of vibe you know what I mean Uh, that you're digging yeah just soaking up all that feminism yeah Yeah. Um, (laughs) like I started out being a hostess Cracker Barrel um, days trying to think of what I was after and then a long time in college I worked at an animal boarding facility yep there's a lot of ladies there and then 
working framing now. Mm-hmm. A lot of ladies there. Yeah. And the library is surrounded by ladies. I it's know, just been right? like increasing. Mm-hmm. The number of ladies around you. Yes. <laughs> I did have a boss at the uh, animal care facility mm-hmm. that like everyone else is like, oh, she's like so mean and whatever. And oh. it's like we hired a bunch of teenagers <laughs> that didn't want to do their like job and their job was to play with puppies. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, oh, come on. How did you not want to do that? Job? And it was just like <laughs> seasonally they would come in and they would leave. Um, and I was always like, you know, oh, I was like, well, you know. Mm-hmm. I never had an issue with her because like I did my with puppies. Yeah, <laughs> like I did my job, mm-hmm. so yeah. I didn't have an issue with it. See, perfect. I like it, Katie. What about you? Hmm. Da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like it's hard for me to pinpoint a certain person. Yeah, um, but I definitely like to learn and evolve. And if I can't do something, it's really hard for me. And I want to look to the person that I think can do it yeah. to try yep. to figure it yep. out or try to figure it out on my own. Yep. And I kind of like to work very independently. So maybe that puts a little damper on having a mentor from others. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah although fair. I know it's still possible. Yeah. Um, but I'd say as far as just the profession of working in special education, mm-hmm. the influence there came solely from my mom. Oh, who yeah, spent, yeah, you know, good. 44 years as a special education teacher. And when I was a young kid, I was going to volunteer at state special olympics with her we mm-hmm. had athletes staying at our house um so it was definitely like a world i felt really comfortable in because it had always been part of my world part of your world um, yeah. so then when i left college and didn't have a very clear trajectory on a career path for myself <laughs> it seemed like a very natural place to turn to so i think she's definitely the reason i ended up where i am now and then my current boss i feel like one of her strongest attributes is something that's weakest in me, and that's communicating with others and kind of knowing the right professional thing to say. Because, oh, gotcha. you know, yeah. I'm basically a professional oversharer. I like it, though. <laughs> it's one of which my favorite part, things about you. part of my job being uh, answering the phone and speaking with other people and talking to parents <laughs> is sure. not always the way we want to go Right. with yeah. that. So I, I've definitely learned a lot from her about that aspect and she's just also a great person as far as respecting employee needs nice. and that's something that's awesome. i think has come to the forefront of conversations of how you know even when you roast 140 employees in a building versus when you <laughs> won't approve their time off request <laughs> mm. very different scenarios but still the same motivation is a lack of respect for your right. employees and yes. she definitely treats people well and i think that's important and i appreciate having that's a role, role model that treats people yeah really well that's really exactly. good. Yeah. Oh, I dig it. I like it that um, that you guys all talked about maybe not formal mentoring, but casual mm-hmm. mentoring. Yeah. So these relationships, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's you know with your mom or whether it's with coworkers, mm-hmm. you've established those relationships where you learn, um, and you can also teach. Right? There's a there's a share that comes along with mm-hmm. that. So I've worked in IT for 30 years, um, in in a lot of male dominated realms. So in the automotive industry, um, the utility industry, mm-hmm. so lots of men in those roles. But I too seem to migrate to other women engineers or IT professionals, mm-hmm. and we establish these long term relationships. So today I had lunch with Chrissy, oh, yay. Um, my girlfriend who I met when we worked at General Motors. 
And, uh, you know, she was fresh out of college and I was all experienced with like five years under my belt by that time. Five whole years? Five whole years. (laughs) Veteran. So (laughs) I taught Chrissy so much. No, I didn't. But we bonded and we learned from each other and we continue to do that. So even over lunch, I'm retired, you know, and she's kind of nearing... Um, or at least has an eye on uh, retirement and mm-hmm. things like that. So we talk about now that transition from the working world to retirement, you know, how do you keep yourself busy and how do you feel like you're still a contributing member? So I just mm-hmm. thought it was very interesting that, you know, she and I, she calculated it actually today. We've known each other for 29 years. Ah. And so sometimes she's the teacher, sometimes I'm the teacher, but we continually have this, yeah. uh, this mentoring and the sharing relationship over time. And I think that's really important for all, uh, for everybody, you know, but especially for working women, you know, and especially depending on what area you're working in. Yeah. So very interesting. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Amazing. Well, who do you who do you have for us, darling? So yes. I have Reshma Sajani. Ooh, yes. Um, and some of you may remember we did one of her books. Uh, yes, for, for book club. For Gauss for... Guides uh, did hosted uh, Women in Noblesville, yes. their book club. So we spent a lot of time talking mm. about this book. So that was my first introduction to her, but um, because I have an IT background, I really loved a, a, a charity that she uh, started, a not-for-profit. So that's why I kind of started down that path. So that's who I'm going to share with you today. Oh, I get. Uh, Reshma was born on November 18th, 1875. 1875? She, I'm sorry, 1975. <laughs> oh, yeah. 1975. So well she's, she's an amazingly <laughs> well preserved. Yeah. 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 1975. I thought you were talking <laughs> that it was my date issues. Dates are hard. I mean, don't yes. get us started on math, but dates not. are pretty hard. So <laughs> compared to me, she's she's actually a youngin, right? Um, she was born in Illinois, where her father worked as a mechanical engineer in a machine shop. Uh-huh. However, her family is of Western Indian descent, gotcha. um, and her parents had previously lived in Uganda. Oh, wow. But they were expelled. I was going to say. In 1972 Oof. by Idi Amin. Oh, wow. So the Amin regime was, was terrible. Yeah. horrible, mm-hmm. and it was bloody. Yeah. And he was responsible for over 300,000 Ugandan deaths. And the expulsion of hundreds of thousands of people from that country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was before he was overthrown in 1979. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reshma indicated that her family, as refugees fleeing Uganda, uh, were rejected by many countries before they were actually ex- accepted into the U.S. Aww. When they came to the U.S., they settled in the Chicago area. Mm-hmm. Um, she teases that her mom and dad opened a map and threw a dart, <laughs> and it landed in Chicago. Fair. Uh, too bad it didn't land like in Southern California. Uh, uh, they yes. would have had much better weather. But <laughs> uh, but Chicago is where they were. Um Due to their expulsion from Uganda, her parents especially were always very aware of the insecurity of refugees Mm -hmm. and migrants, and they were just always very sensitive to those causes, um, even in the U.S. Um, As they settled in suburban Chicago, they found that they were one of the first Indian families to settle kind of in her neighborhood, and it led to Reshma being subjected to discrimination. It also led to her becoming kind of a community community activist activist uh as a freshman at the high school she started an organization called prism 
which was a student-led organization that focused on reducing discrimination throughout the student body. She would later state that this was kind of a defining moment for her and clearly established uh, her desire for being involved in the community. Uh, So Johnny attended the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, where she graduated in 1997 with majors in political science and speech communication. So a double major. Nice. Uh, With the help of student loans and income earned while working her way through college, she then went on to attend Harvard University's John F. Kennedy School of Government. And there she received a master's of public policy in 1999. She also attended Yale Law School. Oh, wow. Where she received her Juris Doctorate in 2002. It took three attempts to get into Yale Law School, uh, three attempts plus showing up at the dean's residential home, knocking on the door and saying, you have to let me in. Nice. Good for her. Exactly. So (laughs) she definitely had the drive. Uh, Ugandan Indians have established themselves as one of the most driven, well-educated, and prosperous groups of refugees in the world. Nice. Uh, Richard T. Herman uh, wrote... Uh, was a co-author to writing the book Immigrant Inc. Mm -hmm. And he indicates that nearly three of four Indian immigrants who are 24 or older hold a four-year college degree and family median household incomes uh, were twice that when compared to U.S. citizens kind of in the same space of their lives. They work disproportionately as engineers, professors, doctors, IT professionals, and lawyers nice so highly educated highly, highly motivated. driven driven yes, yeah mm-hmm. i mean to show up at your yeah. dean's door i know right like mm-hmm. she was so young mm-hmm. she's not from the u.s and she didn't have a problem going and knocking on his door the third time <laughs> saying you gotta let me in mm-hmm. and this it worked on the to-do list that's yeah. right mm-hmm. don't stand in my right. way that's i'm getting right. this done <laughs> you kind of get the impression at an early age katie that yeah. Not a lot stood in her way. Yeah. So, uh, with such an impressive education, she was set up for success in the business world. She started out in the finance industry working as a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was defending securities fraud cases, but also working asylum cases on a pro bono basis. Aww, so, you can see. Give back. Right. Yeah. So, she's got the business side. Um, and then she's also kind of taken care of the peeps. Yeah. Um, she quickly transitioned to working for securities and private equity firms where she would be associate general counsel and uh, deputy general counsel. She worked for, you know, equity hedge funds and, mm-hmm. um, you know, investment groups. Um, in September of 2015, uh, Rashma was named to Fortune Magazine's 40 Under 40 list and at that time, she was making $225,000 a year. Oh, nice. So she was really on the fast track, again, showing kind of that drive, that business acumen, mm-hmm. um, and, getting, and getting the work done, and, and getting paid handsomely for that. Yeah. Um, one company that she worked with while, while she was in kind of this finance business world, though, found itself embattled in scandal when the principal owner faced federal charges of bank fraud Ooh. himself. Uh, to the tune of about $300 million. This isn't one like Enron or anything it like that. It was not any of the big okay. ones like okay. that, okay. but uh, I, I didn't recognize the okay. name. Gotcha. Uh, Reshma des- denied knowing anything about that fraud yeah. and promptly left the company. Right. So, um, But she was very successful in her own right. During this time, um, two things were kind of, I think, going on in her head. She was starting to look into politics, mm-hmm. and she was starting to look 
to more actively give back to the community. So the yeah. pro bono cases were one thing, but how can I do more? Yeah. Um, her parents were not allowed as Indians to participate in the Ugandan political process. Mm. But her dad did impress upon her the need to participate and be very active in U.S. politics. Mm -hmm. um, she quickly pro uh, proved to be valuable in the democratic circles that she embedded herself in. Mm -hmm. She was driving, right? So she right. was driving all this. Uh, she established uh, South Asians for Kerry uh -huh. in 2004. <laughs> Look at that. Um, she worked as part of the National Finance Board for Hillary in 2008. Yeah. And this was after she already interned um, for Hillary's husband uh -huh. uh, and his campaign. Mm -hmm. uh, following the primaries in 2008, she was named vice chair of the New York delegation at the 2008 Democratic National Convention. Oh. So vice chair, you know, that all sounds kind of, this is kind of a big deal, gotcha. especially yeah. because she was so young. Um, but her drive was really inserting her into kind of the political landscape. Gotcha. Um, she was recognized as being kind of that influential member uh, in New York City politics, mm -hmm. and it landed her on yet another 40 under 40 list. Yeah. So a lot of people recognizing her, and she was definitely getting name recognition at that time. Nice. She decided to try her hand at politics more directly when she ran um, in the 2010 House elections in, for New York. She was the first Indian American woman to run for U.S. Congress. Wow. Um, she ran on the idea of aligning Wall Street, mm -hmm. where Finance. she worked, yes. with Main Street, oh. where she kind of em envisioned that she came from, yeah. more, a more common area. Um, her work on Wall Street, though, did not really win her the common vote. Right. Um, yeah. When she was recognized that Wall Street might be hurting her, uh, she worked to distance herself from that persona, even cleansing her wiki page uh -huh. of some of the previous Wall Street references that she had put out there gotcha. or that her whoever. Put Not out. as Wall Street yeah. heavy on, exactly. the, on the resume. Trying to yeah. seem more like the more common person than the Wall Street person, yeah. which totally, totally get that. Yeah. Um, in the end, she lost to Democratic Representative Carolyn Maloney in the primaries. Okay. Um, the silver lining to this, though, was she name recognition, yeah. and she started making some really good contacts in the high-tech world. Um, Jack Dorsey of Twitter, um, Randy, Mark's sister of oh. Facebook, gotcha. uh, Chris Hughes <laughs> of Facebook, he was also one of the co-founders, right. and a lot of other execs at, in high-tech companies. So she was networking at, with that level, gotcha. um, and she would later use these to her advantage. Yeah. Um, during the campaign, she was out and about in the city. She was going to a lot of the schools in, in the areas. Um, mm -hmm. She became aware of the gender disparity, especially in tech, in mm -hmm. STEM, mm -hmm. and in computing specifically. Uh, she would use the contacts that she made, those high-tech people that she knew, to move forward several initiatives um, for girls and women. Mm -hmm. um, her biggest initiative was to start uh, Girls Who Code. Yes, yes. Uh, Reshma believed that schools along her campaign route lacked female representation mm -hmm. in computer science classes. So she started this not-for-profit under the White House Science and Technology Initiative. Yeah. Um, and they were running on three core values, bravery, sisterhood, and activism. Yes. So if you read any of her books, you'll see these themes kind of carry mm -hmm. through all of her books as well. 
uh, Girls Who Code uh, run programs during the academic year teaching the high school girls mm -hmm. computing skills like programming, robotics, and web design. They also offer other things um, targeting that 12 to 17-year-old mm -hmm. uh, gal group. And then on into college, there's summer immersion programs, after-school clubs, and college clubs. This makes sense why I see a lot of those programs in Chicago. Yes. Okay. Yep. Got absolutely. It. Okay. Absolutely. Because I've looked into some of them and I'm like, they're all in Chicago, which yes. is not too far away. Yes. So that makes sense now. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, now the summer immersion program has really caught on and it's more widespread. Yeah. Um, and they're based in 80 technology companies across the U.S. And they hit the big ones like Facebook, Twitter, and Microsoft and others. Nice. Um, and the companies uh, offer mentorship program. So we talked, that's mm -hmm. one of the reasons I asked that question. Uh, and it matches girls in the camp with women in the companies nice. to establish long-term mentoring relationships. Back to that, if you can see it, you can be it kind of thing yeah. too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Exactly. Um, the core curriculum kind of surrounds still the technology piece of it. So they're learning things like web, web design, HTML programming, Java, JavaScript programming, and those mm -hmm. kinds of things. Raspberry Pi. Sorry. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Rhubarb Pi. Exactly. I like rhubarb pie. Like <laughs> um, the program ends, that summer immersion program ends with a project showcase where, Sweet. you know, the gals get to show what they've done mm -hmm. and what they what they've developed. And then there's a graduation ceremony. Yay. But the goal is kind of that long-term involvement. What commitment. can you do with this? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yep. nice. Uh, other partnerships, that, and I found this really, really interesting, um, established with companies like Dell and Accenture. Okay, that makes sense. That sure. you know, Those are t definitely high-tech companies. TikTok. Okay, that's a high-tech yeah, company, yeah, too. Yeah. American Girl Doll. Oh! Doja Cat. Doja Cat! Olay. Oh, all right. And then also places like Raytheon. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, but it was like a who's who of networking. So, yeah. So she's definitely... Um, strengthened her relationship with the tech world, but also the non-tech world. Yeah. And, and the cross-marketing with these companies alone, yeah. uh, they've reached so many girls and women mm -hmm. uh, through their programming. So that's been very cool. Nice. Um, in 2022, Girls Who Code led a concentrated effort to expand into India, mm -hmm. complementing its exist existing operations in the U.S., Canada, and the U.K., Nice. So that was Reshma kind of coming full circle mm -hmm. to her heritage, mm -hmm. kind of giving back into India. Uh, and it seems like it's really taken off there. India is kind yeah. of a, a hotbed of tech, too. I, you know, I mean, even when right. I was uh, more involved in the tech side, when I worked at GM, we had partnerships with the organizations over there, too. Um, girls Who Code also encouraged young girls to become active in their communities and represent their causes more publicly. Yeah. Uh, they started a digital march called March for Sisterhood. Uh, and it called for girls, women, and allies to post themselves on social media, marching for a cause that they believed in. So Ooh, it's cool. not only support it, but it's publicly support it and, yeah. you know, get it out there. Uh, that I'm not talking to them. No, no, preach, but preach also to, the to, to give them a voice. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, mm -hmm. and again, make others feel that they're not alone yeah. in their march. So marching mm -hmm. together. So nice. Um, in 2023, they launched uh, mentoring cores. Again, so this is the follow-up of the successful mentoring programs that they had mm -hmm. already established. But it matches high school students then with college gals for long-term mentorship Ooh, nice. to kind of bridge that gap. So many of the girls who are going into technology might not have anyone in their families who have gone on to college. Mm -hmm. So somebody that can bridge that gap for them. Yeah. Um, I was one of the first to go to college, you know, in my family. Mm -hmm. And I was going in computer science. So... 
it was kind of a stretch for my family. Something yeah. like that would have been would have been wonderful yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody to ask questions to. Right. Especially seeing how it's such a evolving field oh, so my gosh. fast. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes, definitely. Definitely. Um, according to the organization's website, there are, are approximately 300,000 alumni who have completed their programming. Wow. They've reached over 500,000 girls in total. So mm-hmm. they've, whether it's books or, you know, one-off programs, mm-hmm. but 500,000 girls have been touched by this. Nice. Including, alumni include Andrea Gonzalez and Sophie Hauser. Okay. Sound any familiar? Yeah. A little bit. They're creators of a video game called the tampon run <laughs> nice. the tampon run and i loved this as a little tidbit Adorbs. this game was all about destigmatizing menstruation yeah oh i dig it yeah nice. the player controls a character who runs through all the levels yeah and guess what they throw at their enemies tampons tampons, tampons. Sweet. i'm like i love this i love this beautiful <laughs> beautiful uh the girls who code organization has sponsored again through all their relationships but multi-million dollar contributions from organizations like AOL, Google, and Microsoft, AT&T, that mentoring course is sponsored specifically by MetLife, and MetLife has gotcha. um, pledged $3 million in awards over three years to help oh. get this off the ground. So oh, neat. there's lots of successful uh, money coming in mm-hmm. and relationships. Investing in the girls and yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Oh, so uh, recently, Sajani announced that she would be stepping down from her role as CEO. Succeeding her um, was Dr. Tarika Barrett, the company's former COO. Okay. Before joining Girls Who Code, Barrett worked for New York City's Department of Education, where she assisted in the design of the city's first school dedicated to software engineering. Oh, so cool. a good fit a into teacher. yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, in an interview with Forbes, Sajani indicated the importance of change, uh, especially change at the management levels, mm-hmm. that the change leads to additional innovation, and it was something that she was embracing. So it was a good transition, and she was fully on board with that. Neat. Um, during the height of her efforts with Girls Who Code, Reshma published several books, some directly in support of coding and, mm-hmm. and driving girls to code, others in support of her thoughts and ideas on leadership, activ- activism, Leaving, living your bold, true self that mm-hmm. came across. Um, Brave Not Perfect is still one of my favorite books that yes. we had done. Yeah. Um, it talks about, um, and she talks about this in her podcast too, how we as women, we don't take risks in our personal lives and mm-hmm. our professional lives right. um, due to fear. Mm-hmm. And the fear takes a toll on our bodies, on our minds, and on our accomplishments. It really yeah. holds us back. Mm-hmm. So. She's encouraging the girls at a very young age to live boldly, yeah. try things out, those kinds of things. Make mistakes, who cares, learn from them, Yes, do something new. She's yes. all about, mm-hmm. um, you know, taking the risk and, and making mistakes and then yeah. learning from it and moving on. Yeah. She actually says in one of the interviews that I read um, that her congressional loss really led directly to her writing and her launching Girls Who Code. Um, And she indicates that if she would have won that congressional race, her life would have gone in a different tangent. Mm -hmm. And she probably, well, I mean, she may may have written eventually. Right, right. Sure, sure. But she wouldn't have had the time and the energy to write the books now and to launch Girls Who Code. And this has touched so many. So Mm -hmm. that loss was actually serendipitous almost to a certain extent yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. so you know how i get involved in all these tangents this is one of my tangents 
So she wrote these books Mm -hmm. for the girls who code. Yep. The Mm -hmm. goal of the books is to get girls in STEM. Yeah. Four of the books were banned (laughs) from Central York School District in Pennsylvania. These are books Mm -hmm. written to, to increase girls in technology. Right. I can't imagine why we would need to ban these books. Right. Coincidentally... These books were also on a resource list created by the district's diversity committee. Ah, uh, right. It seems so odd that cross-referencing banned books or censored books mm-hmm. with diversity causes Interesting. seems to always suggest an alignment that is denied by those who are censoring. Right. Because especially when you have that activism quotient, yes. and if you have women of color, girls of color, and activism learning something that let's just say not everybody understands and it scares white folk <laughs> yes yes i think sajani scares a lot of white folk right? but you know what because she's smart <laughs> yes yes Amazing. Uh, she did say sajani did say um that the banning was linked to the moms for liberty group uh-huh. uh, so now the moms i would have bet money on it <laughs> the moms but. for liberty group <laughs> yeah. says that the group is only concerned mm. with mm. banning material that mm-hmm. would give their children easy access to sexually explicit content and pornography what the, i am really not so sure the ones and zeros <laughs> that sexually explicit <laughs> content and pornography mm-hmm. those triangles they do call it mm. binary <gasps> Binary. I think Bonnie's hit on. Let's see it. what you did there. Mm-hmm. So luckily, uh, they were only on the ban list uh, for about ten or eleven months, and then the Central York School District saw it in their wisdom to put the books back on the shelf. Yay! <laughs> wow. If more places could do that, right? That would be great, right? I, I mean, mm. like, where did you have any? Fisher's Indiana. Oh, that's there actually you what I right, Fisher's Indiana. Ask John there Grant. was so much alignment <laughs> when I was reading this, and I, you know, my mouth kept dropping open further and You're further. Like, what? 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 The Banning heck? a coding book. Banning uh-huh. a coding book. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yes. Smart women of, of color scare people. <laughs> well, I mean, always, and they should. And they should. <laughs> and I'm glad they do. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, Reshma continues to stay active, working on behalf of women and girls. So post-COVID, she advocated that the pandemic hit working women especially hard. Yeah. Um, she proposed uh, the Marshall Plan for Moms. And asked that Congress and the White House recognize and support working mothers, specifically by implementing policies focusing on robust paid leave, nice child care, raising the federal minimum wage, yes. and providing mental health support for mothers. Oh, nice. that's amazing. So Marshall Plan for Moms evolved into Moms First. So okay. if you've heard of Moms First, it's I now guess. a national nonprofit organization dedicated dedicated to advancing uh, women's economic freedom. Nice. So... Um, Different than Moms for Liberty, then. <laughs> a little, slightly. Okay. Yeah, a little different. A little less racist. Got little, it. A <laughs> little, little different. Um, Reshma is married with two kids, and she's a practicing Hindu. Her husband is an entrepreneur and now works in venture capitalism. She continues right. to build her legacy, uh, and she keeps popping on these lists. Uh, so I'll, mm-hmm. it's the Fortune World's Greatest Leaders. Ooh. Fortune 40 Under 40, which yeah. we mentioned. Mm-hmm. The Wall Street Journal Magazine Innovator of the Year. Uh-huh. Forbes Most Powerful Women Changing the World. Yes. 
and Fast Company's 100 Most Creative People, among others. Nice. Uh, she was also the winner of the Harold W. McGraw Junior Prize in Education. So that celebrates innovation, inspiration, and impact specifically in education. Mm-hmm. Uh, Girls Who Code was recognized in 2019 as the most innovative nonprofit by Fast Company. They look for companies who make an impact on industry and culture. So I think that really kind of sums up what she was trying to do. And she's done a nice job of merging the two. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So her legacy continues to grow. We teased offline that, you know, she's in her forties and she's made a huge impact. Um, and, and we hope that, that Imagine continues. what more she's going to do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, her latest book was Pay Up, The Future of Women in Work. Nice. Um, and that's all about, again, um, you know, uh, pay equity. Yeah. Um, and that was published in 2022, but we'll expect lots more things oh, yeah. from her. How many books has she written? So I think... Because like Girls Who Code... Yeah, the, I think for, there's... The main one, but then there's also novelizations. There's, yes. Yeah, there's several Girls Who Code books. Yeah. Yeah, I think there are four Girl Who Codes books, plus she, she's written her own, you know, more adult-focused no- novels. So mm-hmm. I think she's probably in the six to eight realm Amazing. where she's at. And again, yeah, very successful at such a young age. Very driven and... Um, can't wait to see where, you know, where she goes I next. Know, right? Oh, that's amazing. So there you go. Any it. questions? We had, so. I don't know if um, Bonnie and Katie remember in our five-year plan. Mm-hmm. Remember how we had this dream that Gals Guide would have an app? And we wanted that the app would maybe be a Girls Who Code project. Oh, fun. That was like one of our, uh, we haven't, I think, I don't even know if we applied for a grant to try it. Okay. Uh, but it's it's something that's always been kind of on that list. I love Just that. the idea of tying into that organization and so if we what continue we do and what they do, yeah. yeah. If we continue with that, I want to get the girls who who wrote Tampon Run. Yes. To, yeah, I think that'd be amazing. I just mm-hmm. downloaded it. Did oh, you? Oh, did you really? Oh, <laughs> I know awesome. what Bonnie's gonna be doing that's tonight. Awesome. And maybe maybe in our app they won't throw tampons. Maybe they'll just throw books. I mean, I'm okay with either. I mean, maybe both. A girl needs an arsenal I, of weaponry. Exactly. I think. I think you're right. I like it. So I'm okay with this. I like it. <laughs> that is amazing. Should I wrap us up? I think so. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Fantastic job. Well, that wraps it up for us this week. Join us next week for another cool woman of history as Gals Guide podcast continues. Thanks for listening. For show notes, links, and images from this week's show, visit galsguide.org. Want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers? Become a Gals Guide patron today. Thanks for listening.